Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning. Hope you're having a great weekend. I hope it's hot enough for you. <laughs> Summertime is, well, it's not officially here by the calendar, but we know Memorial Day is always the traditional, unofficial first day of summer, and the temperature proves that. <laughs> So as we enter into the summer months, let's make sure we are staying focused on God, staying focused on fulfilling the great commission that he commands us to do, because living for Jesus does not take a vacation. It's a, it's a lifestyle, it's a way of life, and once we fall in love with Jesus, we are going to want to live for him at all times anyway. So as we head into the summer, we are continuing the study of the full armor of God. And I I think it's a very important time to be studying this because one, the days are evil. There's a lot of darkness out there in this world. And so we need to know our weaponry that God gives us. And as we head into the summer months, we need this armor of God as well. And we need to make sure that we're not laying it down, but we're wearing it and that we don't become lazy because people's schedules tend to change in summer. People go on vacation, kids are out of school, and schedules are are just different for a lot of people. And we need to make sure that we're continuing to live for God and continuing to stay armored up with this full armor. Today, we are going to begin looking at each individual piece of the armor. And we're going to start out with the belt of truth. And it's interesting, the first piece of armor that Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, is the belt of truth, where he writes, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. So what purpose did the belt serve for a Roman soldier? As I mentioned, when we first began this series, Paul was around Roman soldiers often. He was under house arrest for two years in Rome. And so he got well familiar with the armor that a soldier had I believe God gave him a spiritual analogy of the armor that God gives us that he saw on a Roman fiscal weaponry on a Roman soldier. And so what purpose did that belt serve them? What purpose does the belt of truth serve us? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us your word. We thank you for giving us everything that we need to live this life and to have an abundant life in you and in you alone, Lord Jesus. We thank you for coming here to this earth, Jesus, and living a perfect life. We thank you for dying on that cross for our sins. We thank you, Father, for raising Jesus back to life, to give all who believe eternal life. And I pray if anyone listening today has not received that eternal life, has not received your salvation, Lord Jesus. I pray today is their day that they call out to you. And Father, as we open up your word today, we ask you to to show us what you want to show us today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us and pray in God that we will be doers of your word and not hearers only, and that we will put on the full armor of God and that we will keep it on. So Father, teach us guide us, direct us, and we give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. The belt of truth. When thinking about a military belt, in addition to 
keeping a soldier's pants up, which we know that's important, (laughs) it allows the soldier to carry guns, ammunition, knives, a canteen, a rope, first aid kit, and so much more. It's a very important piece of a soldier's gear. Now, in Paul's day, soldiers wore a tunic of loose-fitting cloth. And since in ancient combat, it was pretty much hand-to-hand combat with swords fighting against each other, face-to-face, hand-to-hand. A loose tunic, you can see where that has the potential to be a hindrance and a danger to the soldier. So a belt was necessary to cinch up the loosely hanging material, kind of like a football player. If you have on a loose jersey, it's easier to grab that jersey. But if it's tight, the opposition is not going to be able to grab it. So in combat, having loose material was not good. And so that belt cinched it up. And that's just one of the roles that that belt played. And notice also that in verse 14, this is the third time in our text. Now our text again is Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. And by verse 14, this is the third time the Apostle Paul calls Christians to take a firm position or to stand in the spiritual battle against Satan and his minions. And let's look at that. Verse 11, Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 13, Paul says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. He's saying, stand firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ, wearing your armor, the full armor of God, and don't budge. So stand firm. And then verse 14, Paul says, to stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, so we can stand on the truth. Stand, having fastened on the belt of truth. Now, this is the first piece of equipment of weaponry we're going to look at. Some translations phrase it girded with the truth. So when the apostle Paul, he describes the armor of God, he's talking more than a simple set of helpful tips. He's not just giving us a couple of nuggets, a couple of tips here and there to help us along the way, but he is talking about the impregnable defenses of the almighty God. Then these, we got to remember, these are keys to withstanding the attacks and onslaughts of Satan, because we know he's always coming at God's children. He's always trying to deceive us, trying to knock us off focus to keep us from reaching lost people who don't know Jesus and taking them from his kingdom into the kingdom of light, into God's kingdom. These weapons are ultimate and infinitely powerful tools available to us as Christians. And that's why we're studying this. We have to know we have these weapons to fight against Satan because it is a spiritual battle that we're fighting. And God gives us everything we need. And the first thing we're talking about is the belt of truth. He chooses, God does through Paul, to begin describing the set of armor by talking about a belt. You may think, why of all things a belt? He could have started out with the sword. The sword's mighty. And when you think about ancient battles, ancient wars, you think about swords, the weapon that you you use to, to kill the enemy. So why couldn't he start it out with the, the sword? Something seems a lot more interesting than a belt. Or how about the shield, the towering shield of faith, or 
that breastplate of righteousness. All that sounds a lot more interesting than a belt. But no, he starts out with a belt. And that begs the question, why? Why does he start talking about a belt? Well, let's look first and see how the belt was used in the Roman army. And again, Paul was around soldiers all the time, so he was very familiar, very well acquainted with the weaponry. The belt it played a crucial role in the effectiveness of a soldier's armor back in those days. It was the belt that held the scabbard or the sheath for the blade of a sword, without which there would be no place to put a sword. Imagine an overzealous soldier all fired up and charging out into battle, but without his belt and consequently without a weapon because he, he wouldn't have had his, his sword on him. In addition, the Nelson Study Bible says the belt hung strips of leather to protect the lower body. And the Matthew Henry commentary says the belt girds on or secures all other pieces of our armor. So truth should cleave to us as a belt cleaves to our body. So what is truth? John 17, verse 17. Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Now here's Jesus. He's praying to the Father and he gives us a clear and straightforward definition of truth. It's God's word, the Holy Bible, scripture, the word of truth. And this word of truth, the Bible, scripture, was given by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Now where it says that the word that all scripture is inspired by God, that literally means breathed out by God. God actively and fully inspired the Bible to reveal his truth to us. How awesome is that? (laughs) Scripture is the product of God's spirit working through men. God spoke through each man who wrote a book in the Bible. The word is from God. It is God's word to us. Second Peter chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. First of all, you should know this. No prophecy of scripture comes from one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God's promises, his commands, his word, they're all truth. Plain and simple. God's word is the truth. After all, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 27 says, The Lord of hosts himself has planned it. Therefore, who can stand in its way? It is his hand that is outstretched. So who can turn it back? God's word is the truth. That's what we have to gird ourselves with. We have to fasten up that belt of truth. We have to be firm in the truth. Stand firm, as Paul writes. And so what does truth have to do with the belt? Might may wonder why that imagery is there. First Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty one. But test all things. Hold on to what is good. We as Christians are to test all things and to hold on to that which is good and only that which is good. That's the truth. We need to discard everything else. Hold on to the truth. And you see how that belt cinches it all up, tightens it all up. The truth that we must live by, we must stand on. 
stand firm on. We're to be like the Bereans who searched scriptures daily to find out whether things were true or not true. Acts 17 verse 11 talks about that. If we are not convinced that our principles and beliefs are without exception 100% true, how can we expect to accomplish anything? We have to know the truth and we have to live the truth. And the only way we're going to do that is by being in the Word of God. That's why I often say, let's be in His Word daily, studying His Word, meditating on His Word, praying to God about His Word, and asking the Holy Spirit to teach us His Word. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. A belt, as we know, encompasses the waist, right? And if we don't have that belt on, we may lose our pants, right? <laughs> and we don't want to do that. So that belt encompasses our, our waist. So we have to ask ourselves, does our conviction to the truth encompass us? As the above scripture notes, truth must be bound around us and written on our hearts, Our conviction must reach beyond an outward show. We can't just talk about it. We have to live it. The belt used in Roman armor, as we have learned, provided a place for the soldier's sword. We just talked about that. Our sword, the sword of the Spirit, likewise needs a sheath. And truth is vital because like a Roman soldier's belt, it allows us to carry the sword of the Spirit and use it effectively. So we have to have that belt of truth. That's why it is such an important part of the armor of God and why I believe God put that first on the list of weapons that he gives us that makes up the entire armor of God. Let's now talk about what lessons, what other lessons can we learn from the biblical analogy of having our waists girded by a belt. Let's turn to the gospel of Luke chapter 12 verses 35 through 37. Be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You must be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. Those slaves the master will find alert when he comes will be blessed. I assure you, he will get ready. Have them recline at the table, then come and serve them. So right there in verse 35, where Jesus says, be ready for service. He's literally saying, let your loins be girded. And that's an idiom for tying up loose outer clothing in preparation for action. That's what we're talking about with the belt of truth. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter uses an interesting analogy where he says, gird up the loins of your mind. This implies tucking in long garments to be ready to move quickly. The New International Version translated as prepare your minds for action. What are the dangers of not wearing a belt? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The world we live in teaches that truth is what we make it, doesn't it? 
There's good and bad. Well, that's relative, according to the world. And there's no absolutes. There's only equally valid opinions. But the Bible clearly teaches that truth is God's word, that good and bad are defined by him, and that there are eternal and unchangeable absolutes uninfluenced by opinion. Now, that may not be popular in this world today, but that is the fact. That is the truth. God's word is unchanging. And what God says is good is good. What God says is bad is bad. And God's word is not influenced by anyone's opinion. Today, this whole world seems to thrive on opinion. Everybody has an opinion on social media and whether they're telling the truth or not telling the truth. Everybody has an opinion, right? And so many people are on social media spreading lies. They're not spreading truth. And so we've got to discern between what's the truth, what's the lie. And we do that by knowing the Word of God, by being in the Word of God. If it does not line up with the Word of God, then it's not the truth. Paul wrote to the Romans telling them to not be conformed to this world. And part of that means not buying into a system of belief that says absolute truth is a myth. As Christians, we know both that there is truth and that it is absolute. It's either truth or it's not. And in today's world, with all of the lies that are posted daily on social media, all the conspiracy theories, which they're nothing but a bunch of lies anyway, we need to stand firm. Stand firm on the truth of God's word. If we do not allow our lives to be led by the truth, which is God's word, then we're going to be in a mess. And we're going to be just like everyone else in this world. And we won't be, as Paul encourages and tells us, not to be conformed to this world. We can't be. We have to live for Jesus Christ. And when we live for Jesus Christ, that means we are living in the truth. And again, if it does not line up with the word of God, we don't need it. Don't allow it to enter into your mind. We need to stand firm on the truth of God's word. We need to fasten on that belt of truth. We must know the truth. We must live the truth. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we truly live for Jesus and are obedient to his commands, then we are girded with the truth. We are wearing the belt of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul writes, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Imagine a belt with a segment missing. No matter how tiny the sliver that isn't there, the belt is still useless. To do its job, it must be one continuous, unbroken piece. Now imagine living a life you don't completely agree with. Maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal. After all, what are a couple of minor points that you're not sure about? They are everything. To try to live God's way without total belief in its validity is like trying to hold your sword up without a belt. You can't do it. It's not going to work. And so not living completely in the truth 
not believing all of the truth, which is God's word, then it's, it's not going to work. Our trust in God and his word must be solid without a break or else we will quickly find ourselves without a weapon. We do not want to be in a battle without a weapon. We're not going to win, are we? You have to have that weapon. So we got to have that belt of truth that secures the sword of the spirit. No matter how effective the rest of our armor is, we are useless without our sword. So that's why we got to have that belt. That's why God put the belt first in the list of weaponry that he gives us. We need to be rightly dividing the word of truth, knowing what we believe and why. And we can only do that by being in the word of God. Now we need to be taught the word of God, like on this program, like going to church. We need to be active in a body of believers where we can grow together, where we can have good teaching, where we can have others that we can fellowship with, which means hang out with, live life with. But we also have to be reading God's word, studying his word each and every day on our own. If we only ate food once or twice a week, we would be very, very hungry people, wouldn't we? It's the same way spiritually. We have to feed ourselves. We can't just be fed once or twice a week. We have to feed ourselves the word of God as well. So as we conclude this message, I want to ask you, how secure is your belt? Do you know that you have on the belt of truth? Have you put it on? We need to and keep it on. Next week, we're going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. But before we end today's teaching, I went back to a Bible I received. Actually, my family gave it to me not long after I gave my life to the Lord. And I was 24 years old. And it was a, a very good Bible. It's called the Word Bible, Study Bible. And there's a prayer in it. And it's titled, Commitment to Put on the Armor of God. I've mentioned before that people, especially new believers, don't always know how to pray. And I've encouraged you to pray prayers in the Bible. And you can take verses in the Bible. They, they may not necessarily be a prayer, but you can take scripture, like what we've been studying in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, and pray the scripture. And that's what this prayer does. So I wanted to pray this prayer with you. I think, it's, I think it's a very powerful prayer. And again, it shows you that we can pray the word of God over our lives and over other people's lives as well. But the prayer goes like this. In the name of Jesus, I put on the whole armor of God that I may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, I take unto myself the whole armor of God, that I may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. I stand, therefore, having my loins girt about with truth. Your word, Lord, which is truth, contains all the weapons of my warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I have on the breastplate of righteousness, which is faith and love. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In Jesus Christ, I have peace and pursue peace with all men. I am a minister of reconciliation, proclaiming the good news of the gospel. 
I take the shield of faith wherewith I am able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, the helmet of salvation holding the thoughts, feeling, and purpose of God's heart, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, in the face of all trials, tests, temptations, and tribulation, I cut into pieces the snare of the enemy by speaking the word of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you, Father, for the armor. I will pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, I will keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all saints. My power and ability and sufficiency are from God, who has qualified me as a minister and a dispenser of a new covenant of salvation through Christ. Amen. That's a powerful prayer. And again, it's taking the word of God and praying it over our lives. So I encourage you to do that. It's a powerful way to pray. Sometimes you think, well, I don't really know what to pray. I've prayed about everything. Open up the word of God, find scripture that you can pray over yourself, that you can pray over others as well. As I mentioned at the beginning of today's program, if you've missed any of these lessons on the armor of God, you can catch up on our podcast, the Love in Action podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Love in Action podcast. And you can catch up on previous messages and hear other messages from Sunday morning with Love in Action. For more information about Love in Action, you can go to our website, loveinactionministries.com. That's an excellent place to visit to find out all about our ministry, what we do locally in Dothan and throughout the Wiregrass, and what we do internationally as well. You can also follow us on Facebook. We update a lot on Facebook to know what's going on day in and day out with Love and Action. You can find us on Facebook and follow us there as well. If you have any questions about this series on the armor of God, or if you have questions about salvation, or maybe you're a new Christian and looking for some next steps, please feel free to contact me. You can call Love and Action at 334 494 4995. That's 334-494-4995. Or you can email me at ken.tuck at Tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 85. That's P.O. Box 85, Dothan, Alabama, 36302. And before we finish up today, I want to encourage you, if you have never called out to Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I encourage you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. And I just encourage you to pray something like this. Father God, I come to you. I need your salvation. I need your forgiveness. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. I repent, Lord, and ask you to save me. I ask you to fill me with your spirit. And I believe with all my heart that you died. Jesus, you died for my sins. And on the third day, 
God, you raised Jesus back to life. And I confess that, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Help me now to live for you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Just pray something like that. Just call out to him. He understands right where you're at. And he'll forgive you. He'll save you. He will give you new life. And you will experience love unlike you've ever experienced before. So I encourage you to do that today. And again, if you have questions, please contact me at our phone number or email me. Thank you again for joining me this morning. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Hope you have a great week coming up. And I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his face upon you and give you peace.